breaks the power of sin and darkness whose love is mighty and so much stronger the king of glory the king above our kings who shakes the whole earth with holy thunder and leaves us breathless in awe and wonder the king of glory the king above our kings this is amazing grace this is unfailing love that you would take my place that you would bear my cross you would lay down your life that i would be set free yeah. oh jesus i sing for all that you've done for me who brings our chaos back into order who makes the orphan a son and daughter the king of glory the king of glory who rules the nations with truth and justice shines like the sun in all of its brilliance the king of glory the king above all kings this is amazing grace this is unfailing love that you would take my place that you would bear my cross you would lay down your life that i would be set free yeah. oh jesus i sing for all that you've done for me worthy is the lamb who was slain worthy is the king who conquered the grave worthy is the lamb who was slain worthy is the king who conquered the grave worthy is the lamb who was slain Worthy is the King who conquered the grave. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain. Worthy, worthy, worthy. Oh, this is amazing grace. This is unfailing love. That you would take my place that you would bear my cross you would lay down your life that i would be set free yeah. oh jesus i sing for all that you've done for me you've done for me.
morning. Hi, my name's Aaliyah. Um, I'm so glad to see you all this morning. That was some awesome weather we had yesterday, right? Yes. Um, we're just going to take a moment real quick to stand up, greet our neighbor, just see how they're doing this morning. Um, maybe share what you guys did with the weather yesterday. I don't know. All right, we invite you just to come back to your seats a second. We're going we're gonna to begin our time of worship today. We get to celebrate that our King is risen. Yeah. Um, if you were here for Easter, we, we sang a new song last week. This, this is our God. And it's a reminder of what Jesus has done for us, and it's all an act of love. Uh, if you hear anything today, hear this. Jesus loves you very, very, very deeply. So much so that he saw that we would be dead in our sins, and he paid the price so that we could be alive in him. So today, as we just draw our hearts to him, let's celebrate with joy, with joy in our hearts. Let's sing and proclaim our worship to him, one who is worthy, who pulled us out of that grave and gave us new life. So let's sing this together. walls that we called sin and shame they were like prisons that we couldn't escape but he came and he died and he rose those walls are rubble now remember those giants we called death and grave they were like mountains that stood in our way But he came and he died and he rose Those giants are dead now and We sing this is our God This is our God This is who he is He loves us This is our God This is what he does He saves us He bore the cross Beat the grave, let heaven and earth proclaim this is our God, King Jesus. 
Remember that fear that took our breath away. Faith so weak that we could barely pray. But he heard every word, every whisper. Now those altars in the wilderness tell the story of his faithfulness. Never once did he fail, and he never will. This is our God. This is our God. This is who he is. He loves us. This is our God. This is what he does. He saves us. He bore the cross, beat the grave. Let heaven and earth proclaim this is our God, King Jesus. Who pulled me out of that pit? He did. He did. Who paid for all of our sin? Nobody but Jesus. Who pulled me out of that pit? He did, he did. Who paid for all of our sin? Nobody but Jesus. Who rescued me from that grave? Yahweh, Yahweh. Who gives the glory and praise? Nobody but Jesus. Who rescued me from that grave? Yahweh, Yahweh. It's the glory and praise. Nobody but him. This is our God. This is who he is. He loves us. This is our God. This is what he does. He saves us. He bore the cross, beat the grave. Let heaven and earth proclaim. This is our God, King Jesus. He bore the cross. He bore the cross. Beat the grave, let heaven and earth proclaim, this is our God, King Jesus. Amen. This is our God who loves us so good, so greatly. You know, I'm encouraged. Um, We've been in this story, right? We've been in the story of the scriptures through this whole school year, and we're getting down to the wire here where we're seeing that Jesus rose from the grave and he starts forming his church after he comes to the people. And what is going on at the time of this, this history? There's the, Israel is occupied by Rome, which is the greatest empire of the time, who is you know, taxing them basically to death, gouging them, uh, their bank accounts, and they're living these sort of poor lives. And through this, in this place, it's the most fertile ground for Christ's church to blossom and flourish, that even Rome couldn't stop this thing from growing. Um, it's like a weed in a garden, right? And even Jesus says that in one of his parables, that the mustard seed will, will take off and, and grow, and nothing can stop it. When we think about some of these songs that we sing, these are like songs that probably the, the early church would have sung, not these exact ones, but similar ones that would encourage their hearts, because it wasn't exactly a fun time to be alive, but God was on the move right? The church was beginning, and, and the spirit was moving. And so today we're going to sing Tremble, the song that reminds us that Jesus' name is so powerful and so strong that even the darkness, even the shadows can't stand it. 
that nothing, no darkness can stand in the way. It overcomes all those things. So we're going to declare this today with our hearts, that Jesus' name is powerful and mighty. It overcomes. Forever lifted high, 
One day after his resurrection, while Jesus was eating a meal with his disciples, he told them that they would soon be given power to take his message all over the world. They would be given the Holy Spirit of God, he said. After he said this, Jesus flew up into the sky right in front of them, and they did not see him again. So the disciples waited and prayed. Ten days later, they were gathered. And a sound like a violent wind came from heaven and filled the house. They looked around and saw what looked like tongues of fire dancing above each of them. They all began to speak in different languages, causing such a commotion that a crowd gathered to see what was going on. Someone accused them of being drunk, so Peter stood up to say something. He told them that they were not drunk, but that God had given them the power of the Spirit. He recounted the story of Jesus' life, death, and resurrection and told the people to repent of their sins and trust in Jesus. That day, 3,000 people believed what he said and became followers of Jesus. The followers of Jesus ate meals and prayed together almost every day. Amazing things continued to happen. People were being healed. Others were selling their possessions and giving their money to the poor. The number of people who joined them just kept growing and growing. The disciples, now called apostles, began teaching in the Jewish temples. This angered the religious leaders. Several times they beat up the apostles and threw them in jail. One religious leader in particular, named Saul, was determined to destroy this new movement of Jesus' followers. So he went from house to house in the region and arrested those claiming to follow Jesus. Then one day, while Saul was walking down the street, a bright light from the sky flashed. As he fell to the ground, he heard the voice of Jesus speaking to him. Saul, why do you persecute me? 
Jesus commanded Saul to get up and go to the city of Damascus. Saul got up, but when he opened his eyes, he couldn't see. With some help, Saul traveled to Damascus, where he met a man named Ananias. Ananias placed his hands on Saul, and something sort of like scales fell from his eyes. Suddenly he could see again. Ananias told him that Jesus had orchestrated all of this so Saul could receive the Holy Spirit. This experience completely changed Saul's life. He became a follower of Jesus. Soon, Saul would set out on an extraordinary journey to tell others about Jesus. I would like to invite all the children preschool through fifth grade up for class. Okay, let's bow our heads and fold our hands. Dear Lord, thank you so much for this beautiful Sunday. We could all come together to worship you. Thank you for the spring weather and the sunshine. And um, thank you for our families and our teachers. Amen. Well, good morning. Good to see you all this morning. I am Pastor Aaron. I'm campus pastor here at Watershed. So I want to welcome you here this morning to worship together. Uh, I also want to welcome up Luke Joyce. Luke Joyce is our Deacon of Justice and Reconciliation on our Heart of White Council. Uh, from time to time here across campus, we just want to update you on the life here in our church. So if you're visiting with us, you can tune in and hear a little bit from our leadership just on kind of the state of life. Um, and uh, Luke, I'm going to hand it off to you. Some of you have seen him preach before. So, you know, I don't think he's going 20 minutes today. We're, we're going to keep it under that. <laughs> no, all right. Morning, Luke. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, as Aaron said, I'm Luke Joyce. I'm the deacon of social justice and reconciliation here. But um, how come we, dismiss, we don't dismiss the kids before the video, but we do dismiss them before the council update? <laughs> well, I, you know, uh, so entertain us. Yeah, <laughs> no. So, I want to thank you, or we want to thank you, um, in three specific ways today. Um, one is for your giving. So, one thing we track is uh, percent of askings, and you know, if you're going to meet 100 percent of the budget, you got to get to 100 percent. Normally, in the first quarter of the year, it's not close to that because um, giving picks up towards the end of the year. Normally it's 60, 70, 80% or something like that. This year, 2023, first quarter, it's 94%. Yeah. Um, that's pretty incredible. And um, we wanted to say thank you very much for your generosity and for starting this year off with such strong giving. 
And the second thing is um, attendance. So thank you for being here. Thank you for bringing other people here because uh, compared to this time last year, we've got an increase of 22% in attendance. Again. You know, and that's not just butts and seats, right? That is eternal souls. That's 22% more eternal being sitting and listening to the message of the good news from our friend, Pastor Aaron, and from the pastors across the parking lot. So, um, you know, putting a number on it sounds, you say 22%, that sounds whatever, but it's, it's real people. It's more real people. Um, and then the third thing we want to say thank you for um, is your prayers, because we can feel it in council meetings. I'm sure the staff feels it as they go about their day. Um, thank you for praying for uh, the church leadership. And one example from council meetings that we have, we recently started as an agenda item, checking in with our pastors. I think we've always had a space for them to do that, um, not as proactively. But now we've got, that's a standing agenda item where we're going to basically force these guys to tell us what's going on in their lives. And then pray for them. So we got to do that. We got to stand up and lay hands on them and pray for them um, just this past month when we met. And it's, it's, it's beautiful. It's, it's the kingdom of heaven coming to earth, right? Because these are real people too. And... Uh, we're all weak and vulnerable, and we need a space where we can be able to share our vulnerability without receiving judgment, but receiving encouragement. That's the church. That, that's the type of church that I want to be a part of. That's the type of church I want my pastors to be able to be a part of. Um, and that's the type of church I want everyone here to be able to be a part of. Um, and, yep, I had a good conclusion. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, because your financial support and attendance don't really matter if the thing we're supporting and going to doesn't have at its heart the message of the gospel, right? So it's that third thing, prayer, that connects us to that, that grounds us in our relationship to God, both individually and collectively, and we need that. It's essential. It's absolutely essential. So thank you for giving, attending, bringing others for your prayers, um, and thank you for joining with us in this mission to be found in, formed by, and following Christ. Thank you very much. Thanks, Luke. Uh, yeah, a little rough on the conclusion, but uh, you brought it together so night. <laughs> um, I want to say this is... Uh, an important Sunday for me uh, because four years ago on this Sunday, the Sunday following Easter, was when I came back to Watershed. My first season at Watershed was, and Heart of Wyke was for four years, and then I left, and I was gone for almost 20. <laughs> uh, well, thanks. <laughs> um, but it is truly a privilege to be back as a part of Heart of Wyke, a part of this church. We are one church. While we are three communities, we are one church, um, serving, serving Jesus and, and trying to communicate, share the gospel with our lives, with our message. Um, but it, it truly is a, a, a blessing 
to be able to go, yeah, that was four years, and I don't, I don't see an end, so I hope you don't either. But, <laughs> um, I, you know, I feel like we're just beginning. Uh, and, and today, even in our message, it, it, we, we ask these questions, what's next? Where are we going? You know, but it's like, hey, no, we just keep getting to be about the ministry of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Um, to be seeing, inviting everyone to be found in, formed by, and following Jesus. Like, and here at Watershed, we want you to know the freedom that is in the finished work of what Jesus has done. That you and I have friendship, not only uh, that opportunity for friendship with each other, but friendship with God. Jesus says, I don't just call you, you know, my, my, my friends. He even goes on further to say, I call you my brothers, my sisters. Like, so with a living God, we have a real relationship and that we have rest. We have the opportunity to rest, to find peace. Today we're going to talk about that's something the Spirit brings to us. Just this confirmation that there is peace. There's something holding us, even though we may not be able to hold it together. Right? God is always with us. So uh, it is just a privilege to serve you, um, to be here, to be one of your pastors, to be one of your staff, to hang out with Drew and Aaliyah and, and Becky and Sam and Kendra. I mean, it. It's awesome to be part of this, this community. So thanks again, too, for just continuing to be part of life with us. Let's pray and let's get into God's word this morning. God, thank you so much uh, for your love for us. Thanks for how you are faithful to us every step of our lives. Whether we are faithful, uh, Lord, we're, our faithfulness waxes, it wanes. It's up, it's down, it's here, it's not even a thought. But God, the message, your, your good news is always that you are faithful. You are with us. Your goodness, your grace, your mercy is with us each and every day. New life is possible in you. True flourishing in this life is possible in you and by your spirit alone. So may you, Holy Spirit, that dwells within us today, that we're going to talk about in, in your scriptures, Jesus, remind us of your presence that is always with us. Lord, we pray for that presence with our brothers and sisters this morning that are, are, are walking through a rough time, that are facing the challenges, that are feeling like life is a tomb and they're desperately in need of a resurrection. Lord, for those who are facing cancer and surgeries to come, for those who are facing brokenness in relationships, families, and friendships, for those who have huge decisions and have been begging you for an answer but feel like there's nothing there and so they're going to have to step in faith but man, they feel like they're just about ready to jump into an abyss. Father, we know you are there. That is the truth. We don't ever have to ask you to be there because you already are. I just simply ask that you make your presence known. That you help us see. You help our brothers and sisters see. That you help our community see. A God who desperately wants to be known in each of our lives, no matter what we're walking through, no matter what we face. 
So God, again, as we come into your word today, thank you for the promise that your spirit is the one who's, who's uh, behind my words. And so again, Lord, get rid of anything that's not of you. And Holy Spirit, you speak. Make me just this, a, a vehicle, a vessel for your truth. Lord, and for the rest of us as we hear, remove the obstacles to our hearing. Open our eyes as you did Paul. We got to see that earlier in, in, in the video. God, just you blinded him, but you opened his eyes to see things anew. Help us to see anew today. Again, come Lord Jesus. Speak. Use us. Speak your truth through us, to us, and continue to transform us in, in your name. And all God's children said, amen. Today, I want to congratulate you. Uh, if you have been on this long journey with us through this story, uh, we are four weeks away from making it 31 weeks through a journey through the Bible. And, and, and Mitch, sorry, I, I'm calling you out this morning. 31 times. Not even 31 weeks, right? It's only 31 times. So, see, I'm not calling them out in a bad way. <laughs> right? We went through the whole Bible. We're going to have gone through the whole Bible 31 times. Like, talked about, like, we'll have made it through 31 times that it will have taken us. Did we touch everything? No way. How many of you ever tried to read, read the Bible in a year? Right? You know how many chapters you got to read on a daily basis to do that. So uh, we're just continuing that journey. We're in our final mini-series uh, called All Things New. I love this graphic, Drew. Um, again, kudos. He, he does all of our kind of sermon graphics and stuff. One of the things as pastors we really loved about this was just how the, just the title alone was really our graphic. Right, that you have something sort of here in, in, in the outline text, but it's not really filled in. So much of this story prior to Jesus, we don't really see life complete, do we? Right, we, we hear about one who would come. We hear about a kingdom that would be established, right? But, but God's all in the mix, like throughout the Old Testament, saying, I, I'm, I'm reestablishing my life in this world. It doesn't always look real full. Right? But then all of a sudden this text fills in. Jesus comes and he firmly establishes his kingdom in this world. Right? We have a kingdom, not an empire. Empires come and go, but God's kingdom now is here to last for good. That's the declaration we have that Easter morning. There is victory in Christ Jesus. I may not always feel it. I may not always know it, but I stand on solid ground. You stand on solid ground. We have a kingdom that is firmly established. Now, we also know his kingdom is still becoming new, right? We're still seeing the, the, the pieces of that come together. And over these four weeks, that's a little of what we're talking about. And today, we're leading that series off talking about the Spirit, God's presence, his peace, his power that enables all things in life to become new, Right, so the people had just uh, seen Jesus, right, uh, uh, resurrect. It, it, we called it last week. We said, right, Easter is like Super Bowl Sunday. Amen. Right, we were we were packed house. There was like, you know, there were over two hundred fifty people in this room. Like it was awesome, right? It was full across campus. Right, people want to hear this this message of Jesus. Like they're interested in it. Right, but but kind of like once you win the Super Bowl, once you win your championship, you, you you come off the high and you go, all right, so now what? Right? 
what's next? What do we do now? We celebrate for a little while. We're going to hear in our text this morning. Yeah, Jesus hung around for another 40 days. And then he ascends to heaven. But it leaves the people wondering, okay, what's next? How do we, there's this victory here. They're going to ask a question in our text where they, they say, hey, are you, is it now? I mean, if you beat death, we can certainly take out Rome, right? <laughs> like, logical next step. What's next? And this morning what we'll hear is, God's got a plan, and he's working it out, and he's working it out even now for us. And it's through his continued presence, his power, his peace, through his spirit. So let's dive into God's word. We're going to go into Acts 1. Our video this morning covered really the first half of Acts. I'm really just going to keep us anchored in Acts 1, verses 1 through 11. Let's hear God's word this morning. In my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all, all that Jesus began to do and to teach until the day he was taken up to heaven after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen. Luke, who writes the Gospel of Luke, Matthew, Mark, Luke, the first, it's the third book in the New Testament, he's writing Acts. So he's talking to Theophilus, one of his, his followers, and he says, listen, I wrote about Jesus, and now we're, we're kind of moving on. We're telling more of the story. Verse 3. So after his suffering, Jesus' sufferings, he presented himself to them. And he gave them many convincing proofs that he was alive. And not only did he give them these, these convincing proofs, he appeared to them over a period of 40 days and he spoke about the kingdom of God, this kingdom that he established. Now on one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Don't leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you've heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And then they gathered around him, and they asked him, right? Here's the question. Here's the, the what next. Lord, well, are at, at this time, are you going to restore the kingdom of Israel? Like, is now the time? <laughs> Goes on to say, he said to him, it's not for you to know the times or the dates the father has set by his own authority. But you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. After he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes. He ascended and a cloud hid them from their sight. They were looking intently up to the sky as he was going when suddenly two men dressed in white, two messengers stood beside them. Men of Galilee, they said. Why do you stand here looking into the sky? This same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. This is God's word for us this morning. Thanks be to God. As I think about this text, I think about the what next and where do we go from here. I think the first thing uh, as we dive in is that Jesus takes time to make his presence known. Right? Verse 3. After suffering many, right, suffering many things, he presented himself to them. Right, Jesus just didn't go, be resurrected and go right back up to his throne. Right? He spent 40 days giving them many convincing proofs appearing to them. Jesus took time to make his presence known. And what was true then is true for us today. We saw that with Paul, didn't we? Jesus had ascended by the time Saul, who later became Paul, saw him on the road to Damascus. Jesus wanted to make himself known. His, his desire for all of us 
sitting here, all of us in our communities, in our families, with our friends, at our places of work, right? those we serve, those we walk with, we talk with. Jesus wants to make himself known. Yes, he's seated on the throne. But he's saying, no, I'm in your life. I'm the king. There is a kingdom, right? He tells them about this kingdom that is now established and real. Right? He'd been showing for three years, look it, this is what the kingdom looks like when it breaks in. There's, there's healing. There's freedom. The things that once were in your life no longer have to be your mistakes. They don't have to run your life anymore. They don't have to define you. There's future, there's hope. Oh, and by the way, even death itself in my kingdom doesn't even win because there's this thing called eternity. And all of it, though, Jesus is saying this to us, to them. His desire is to, I want to be real for you. It's as true today as it was then. And why is this the case? How do we know this? Because he gives his Holy Spirit. You heard me say his presence, his power, his peace. Let's focus on the peace in the presence here for a moment. In Acts 1, 4 to 5, let me again read our text. On one occasion while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Don't leave Jerusalem, but what? Wait for the gift my father promised. This has been part of God's plan to promise his presence, which each and every person, which you've heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days, you're going to be baptized with a Holy Spirit. Well, what did Jesus say about this Spirit? John 14, we hear this. On one occasion, or uh, all this, I have spoken while still with you. But the Advocate, this is right before he's crucified, by the way. But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name. He's going to teach you all things. Oh, and by the way, he'll remind you of everything that I've said. Right, so not only is God going to continue to teach us, but he's going to keep reminding us, too, of everything that we need to know and everything that Jesus has said, everything that's important for truly life and salvation. And then what does Jesus say? Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Right, I don't give to you as the world gives. Don't let your hearts be troubled. And do not be afraid. The peace he's speaking of is the Holy Spirit, his presence. Acts 2, the next thing we see is is Jesus says, hey, by the way, wait in Jerusalem for my spirit. You're going to be baptized with it. We saw it in the video. It's the next, very next chapter. These tongues of fire descend on Pentecost, 10 days after Jesus' ascension. And, and why fire? Well, because throughout the Old Testament, as the people journeying through the wilderness, one of the things that led them was God, I mean, obviously, but as a pillar of fire. So guess what? What comes down on the people? Little tongues of fire. And did it come on just one person? Because Peter got up and spoke, so it must have only been on Peter, right? No, it came on everyone, because that was God's promise. Jesus wants you to know him, wants every person to know him. And then what happens? He goes, oh, so I'm going to give my peace, I'm going to give my presence to every person who's here, listening, speaking. Why? Because it's been this spirit that's been giving you life and breath your whole life, and you didn't even know it. 
From the very beginning, it's the spirit that animates us, that is the breath of life in us. And Jesus says, hey, listen, I'm just going to make you aware now of this spirit that's keeping you alive, keeping you breathing, keeping you ticking, that's sustaining you through times, that's lifting you up and holding you when you don't have the strength. The one that makes my realities known to you when you have all of a sudden the, oh, moments. Anybody ever have those or is it just me? (laughs) Or the right on, bonehead. You ever have that one too? <laughs> Sometimes it's this glorious, holy moment. Other ones is pretty much down to earth. Smack. Yep, I got you now. <laughs> but the Spirit now dwells on the people, with the people. Not just as they gather where two or three, absolutely is that the truth. But even when you go alone, you're never alone. God's Spirit is with you. Jesus says, here, I'm going to give you my Spirit. At one point in time, Jesus says, oh, and by the way, you're going to accomplish so many more things when I leave you. Because Jesus was one man. And while he was fully God, he was one man. He could only be located in one place as a human being. The Holy Spirit, however, when he dwells within us, God, who is spirit, is in all places at all times. So no matter where we go, there God is. That's pretty good news, isn't it? We don't ever have to go looking for God because God is here. Jesus is here. Wants to make himself known. Gives us a spirit to enable us to see. And then what do we see in the text? We have this empowered mission. We don't have just a commission to go and do something without the power, right? We have God's power animating, making the mission of God real. In verses 7 to 8, we hear this. He said to them, it's not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority. Right? What's next? You're going to do it, right? And he says, you know what? I established my kingdom, but my kingdom, much like with Abraham. Hey, Abraham, I want you, you're blessed to be a blessing. I want you to represent me in the world. I I want you to be a seed in this world that that sprouts up. I want you to be a weed like the mustard seed, right? I I want you to be a light that shines. I want you to show that my kingdom is real, even though you're not seeing all of it right now. Through you, right, I, I want you to show and reveal, help people see my kingdom is real even in the midst of a messed up world. You don't know the times, I don't know the times, that's my, for, for my Father. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Or you're going to be my witness, but guess what? You're not going to do it on your own power. You can't. You're not going to do it uh, based simply on your own gifts and abilities, which, by the way, were of my spirit anyways. <laughs> but I'm going to be with you. Randy Frazee, who is uh, one of the editors for this story, says this. He says, the Holy Spirit gives us the power not to do our will, but to do God's will. Right? And I think that's an important thing for us to remember in the mission of God. And we've, we've said this kind of throughout this whole story, that, that God is for you, not against you, but it doesn't mean he's always for what you're for. <laughs> Right? And the Holy Spirit is going to empower you to do the things of God, to step into the kingdom, not the empires of the world, but the kingdom of God. The Holy Spirit is going to enable you to live into new life. 
However, he's not going to enable you to do whatever the heck you want to do. He may step back and say, okay, (laughs) that's on you, but don't expect his power to do something that isn't his will. Don't expect God to get on board with the things that are not what his kingdom is about. His spirit exists to empower us into life, into human flourishing God's way, into into a kingdom that lasts forever. Now, will that sometimes bring us at odds with the world we live? Absolutely. One of the stories we hear in the early part of Acts is Stephen. Stephen is proclaiming the gospel, and he gets stoned to death for it. But what enabled him to do that was the power of the Spirit that lived with him in the moment, the fact that he was never out of God's hands, and because he looked back at Easter and saw a resurrected Savior, he knew he had eternity, not simply life, here in this moment. He had a security. Right? Jesus gives us an empowered mission. What we see is, I think oftentimes we we think of the mission of God as then what happens with Peter, right? He starts proclaiming the gospel. How many of you have thought, well, hey, the mission of God is simply stand up, share the gospel, kind of like a pastor does. Have have some of you ever believed, kind of heard that? You know, like, hey, you just got to make sure you go share, get a good three-point sermon going, throw in a poem, and you can get somebody to come to Jesus, right? The Roman road to sell it, right? You got to say it. Now, absolutely, there's room for it. We hear Peter does. He proclaims it. We hear Paul do it all kinds of places. Absolutely, that happens. Life change comes. It's not the only way, however. As God was adding numbers to the people at the end of Acts 2, what do you see? They're they're sharing meals together. And the way they shared meals together was was just radical. Like, wait a second. You're not like us, but you're allowed at my table? What? Right? Wait a second. You're kind of left on the outside, and why are you in here? The way they shared life together, they ate together, was different for the world. It revealed something different about God's kingdom. The way they shared their resources with each other, their need, like people had needs and they met their needs. For them in the early church, they said, man, everything we have is yours. Like that was how they survived Rome. The taxation, as Drew kind of referenced, I mean, was upwards of 80%. How do you live? Oh, you live by loving your neighbor as yourself. Making sure that you got a piece of bread today when you haven't the last couple. It's bearing with one another. It's meeting each other in our needs. It's being able to be humble in a world that said humility was a weakness. Showing kindness even to your enemy. This community showed the world, showed God's kingdom uh, in an entirely different way. It's not about me, myself, and I. It's not about the, the empires we build. It's about a kingdom that is established that breathes life. They prayed together. They sang together. They were devoted to the teaching of God together. Every time we gather on a Sunday, we're not just getting filled. We're proclaiming to the world we believe in a different story. That's what happens when you come to worship. 
You say to the world, you're, you're making a proclamation, this is what I believe, this is what I, or, and you know what, maybe you're not there yet. How many of us are really there yet? <laughs> I'm, I'm still a work in process, not progress, because my process is sometimes, you know, dips and rises, right? <laughs> but I do know this is what I'm about. Every time somebody meets me as a pastor, especially, then they know, oh, you're a pastor, oh, <laughs> But it's a proclamation of what I believe, what I hold to. The fact that we're being live streamed right now. Who knows what can show up in comments? Well, who knows how that can, can go viral for all the kinds of ways? Who knows what happens if I stick my foot in my mouth and say just the wrong thing in a moment, even though it wasn't what I meant, how culture will respond, but how the church does is says, you know what? We live by grace and mercy. Hey, you made a mistake. And I go, yeah, I made a mistake. You know what? Let's try not to do that again. Hey, Aaron, you might want to keep a few more notes so that you don't say something that dumb again. <laughs> it's possible. <laughs> no, never. <laughs> right? We're a community of grace. We're a community of truth. We show the world a different way. Think about the story of Ananias and, and, and Paul, right? Saul is blinded. Here, go to Ananias. And Ananias is like, say what? You want the chief persecutor of the church to come? I, I got to go to this dude? I had to help him? He stepped into the unknown, enabled by the power of God to help Paul see again. The Holy Spirit opened Paul's eyes to the reality of Jesus. He saw Jesus on the road. But as he was blinded, it wasn't until there was this restoration into actual community that, that he, he was able to see again. And those who were once enemies were now friends. Ananias became a trusted counsel to Paul. Are we a community that's different? How we witness isn't simply in the words we say, absolutely. Next week, we're going to talk about, Paul uses uh, the picture of an ambassador. We have a message of reconciliation. We'll get into that more next week. But that message can come in so many different ways. It could come, you know, when I'm out there on a JV tennis court, working with our team. It can come as you go to work and you're faithful and, and, and you show up and, and you treat people with kindness and compassion. It, it can come in a classroom where you may feel like you're pulling your hair out, right, Steph? <laughs> but you're taking time to love. Learn about not just that child, what makes them tick, but their life. Making them feel valued in a moment. Right? It doesn't have to be in what we think is Super Bowl moments. See, that's what's next often for the Super Bowl winning team. You get back to the daily grind. You're champs. Nobody can take that away. Now, again, illustration falls apart. We know their stories. <laughs> but the reality is you're a champion, right? You won. Nobody gets to take that away. But the next step is get back in it. Jesus says the next step is get back into that mission of being blessed by God in his presence, his power, his peace in your life, and then let that blessing flow through you to bless someone else. You don't even have to think about 10 people. Just think about one. Who can you bless? Philip Yancey, a pastor and author, uh, says this. He says, all too often the church holds up a mirror 
reflecting back the society around it rather than a window revealing a different way. Jesus' mission for us is to be a window revealing a different way, a kingdom. Rome was an empire, but we know they came and they went. United States is an empire. It will come and go. If history tells us anything, empires come and go. Your social media brand will come and go. Our churches come and go. But the kingdom remains. The gates of hell, Jesus said, that they, don't, they don't prevail. Because this kingdom is established. We've seen death overcome. The grave has been robbed. And our king sits on a throne. And what he wants us to know is he's with each and every one of us. Don't need to have a resume. Doesn't matter what your history looks like. Doesn't matter what your plans are. God says, I'm with you. And will you let my story be yours? One of the ways we declare this is through communion. We've been celebrating communion over these last few weeks around Holy Week, and, and I hope it's been life-giving for you. I, I'm the kind of person that goes, I could have communion every week. Because it reminds me, I feed off of Jesus. i got to keep feeding off of Jesus and his grace. i got to keep living into his forgiveness and his mercy every day. That needs to be the bread for my life. That needs to be the, the nourishment for my soul. So I pray and I hope that it's been nourishment for you as we kind of go back to a once a month after this. But one of the ways we witness to Jesus, we witness to the one who gave his life for us. Right? He said, this is my body, given for you, broken for you. And when you do this, do this in remembrance of me. Right? I came not just to live, but to die so that you can have life. He took a cup that they had shared together and he said, this cup is, it's a new covenant in my blood. And in our baptisms, we're reminded that as much as we are washed by water, we are washed in the blood of the lamb for the forgiveness of sins. So you and I can have a new start, a new chance, a new life. And he says, as often as you do this, as you remember me, keep doing it in me. We're a tradition that believes, not necessarily that this magically becomes Jesus' body. We're not, we don't kind of go that route, that his, his blood in real, like magically like sort of changes. We, however, do believe that by the Holy Spirit, it makes the reality of Jesus known in this in a way that's kind of beyond our comprehension. There's a mystery in this. And it's okay to have mystery. Something beyond us, because God is infinite. He's beyond us. But that when we do this, these aren't just simple, ordinary elements. He takes the ordinary and puts some extra in it. They become extraordinary. So as we partake today, be reminded of this extraordinary, this extraordinary gift of Jesus 
that you and I can be joined in him. How we participate in communion here at Watershed is we kind of come down these aisles, make your way to those aisles. Uh, we do it our Watershed way. We make our way. And then we wrap around the table and do a U. We do have, um, you know, if you need a gluten-free option, we do have some packets there. Um, and if also, because we tear a piece and dip it, uh, if you're not comfortable with that, you can also um, feel free to take one of those. We want people to participate because we believe that Jesus says, come to my table. No matter where you're at, no matter where you've been, if you're interested in me, come. Let me be your life. So I'm going to pray, uh, and I'd like to invite our worship team to come forward and those who are serving uh, to come forward. I think we'll have, we'll have two stations here and then one upstairs as well. So if you will, uh, join me in prayer. God, thank you that you gift us with your spirit, your presence, your power, your peace each and every day. That you took the time to make sure the disciples, that the early community knew you, saw you, got to tangibly experience you. Thank you that you want us to be able to tangibly experience you. And so God, I pray that as we take of this bread and this juice, Lord, in a way that for us, we need your spirit. Lord, and for every one of our brothers and sisters, no matter how we view the table, God, we all depend on your spirit to make the reality of it real to us. So make it real to us today. Remind us of the good news of the gospel, that it's not about us, it's about you. You're the one who's rescued us. You're the one who saved us. You are the one who gives us life. God, meet us in this moment in a unique way by your Spirit. And thank you. Thank you once again, Jesus, for giving your life, for defeating death, and for reigning both now and forever. And all God's children say, Feel free to come. Spirit 
when you do what only you can do it changes us it changes what we see and what we seek and when you come in the room when you do what only you can do it changes us it changes what we see and what we seek yeah spirit of the living god spirit of the living god we're leaning into all you are everything else can wait spirit of the living god spirit of the living god come now and breathe upon our hearts amen on have your way because when you speak when you move when you do what only you can do it changes us it changes what we see in what we seek when you come in the room when you do what only you can do it changes us it changes what we see and what we seek yeah what we see song for our morning and it's just an anthem for us to remember what's coming that the kingdom is both here and is still on its way 
And so we get to sing this one and proclaim this hymn of heaven that there's a place for us in the kingdom of God that's coming still. So let's sing this out this morning. How I long to breathe the air of heaven Where pain is gone and mercy fills the streets To look upon the one who bled to save me And walk with him for all eternity Oh, there will be a day when all will bow before him. There will be a day when death will be no more. Standing face to face with he who died and rose again. Holy, holy is the Lord. every prayer we prayed in desperation the songs of faith we sank through doubt and fear in the end we'll see that it was worth it when he returns to wipe away our tears there will be a day Oh, there will be a day when all will bow before him. There will be a day when death will be no more. Standing face to face with he who died and rose again. Holy, holy is the Lord. on that day we join the resurrection and stand beside the heroes of the faith and with one voice a thousand generations sing worthy is the lamb who was slain and on that day and on that day we join the resurrection and stand beside the heroes of the faith and with one voice a thousand generations sing worthy is the lamb who was slain forever he shall mighty roar. 
to our God who gave us life beyond the grave. Holy, holy is the Lord. Holy, holy is the Because of Jesus and through his spirit, we are part of an eternal kingdom. Stand strong in that. When you've got nowhere else to lean or nothing else to ground yourself on or hold on to, remember, take, eat, believe. There is a firm foundation for you. And it's for the one not only who is king, but the one who dwells within you, whether you like it or not. The Holy Spirit is with you, God's presence, his peace, and his power. So as you go in that truth, receive this blessing of our God, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord cause his face to shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance, his smile on you, and give you his peace. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and all God's children said, amen. If you want to grab a meal with us, feel free. We've got a hot potato bar going on. Otherwise... Stack a few chairs, we appreciate it.